Welcome to the Don't Die podcast, sponsored by Aloe Treatment Centers. They're out in Malibu. They're in Silver Lake. It's a treatment center I started with some friends. We want you to get the right treatment, the right program for you, and stop dying. Stop dying. That's the theme. Chuck. Yes, sir. There you are. The left hand, my left hand man. You're on my left. Aw. Does that mean you're liberal? Could be. <laughs> Socially liberal, for sure. Socially liberal morally conservative so so uh i'm bob and this is chuck and we're the don't die podcast what i wanted i got really excited i wanted to talk about this stuff evan and jared who i started aloe with which are the treatment centers uh in malibu that sponsor this podcast they you know i love them and they've been very successful at doing that kind of out of network kind of thing like Warren does, like where you work, right? Okay. But anybody who's smart knows that's not going to last forever. And so Evan and Jared are smart, and they came to me and they go, we need to start an in-network place, right? This is like Absolutely, two, two yeah. weeks ago. And I was like, oh, my God, I don't want to deal with those people. <laughs> those people? I'm so grumpy and yeah. old. Well, you know you know who the in-network people are. Right. It's like... It's like the millennials, it's going to be, it's going to be more of the stuff that I don't really, I'm not very good at. I'm only good at talking to people that know what I'm talking about. Right. But then they kept pushing me and I started thinking about it over the weekend. And I was like, Los Encinas was in network and there was a lot of cool people that came there. So you know PRC. what I mean? PRCs in network with yeah. some, not all. It They're was out of network with some. Yeah. But they're on network with them. But they're so so I think we're gonna do it. I think we're looking for a nursing home because here's the thing about in network. It has to be in a nursing home. There has to be forty or fifty clients. You can't you can't take five hundred dollars a day and have treatment. That's why PRC is the ideal. It's got sixty beds in a nursing home. In a very you know the property of PRC is the property of Aloe. It's, it's about the same square footage. There are six beds at Aloe and 60 at PRC. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was going to tell you something. Yeah. So, so, and then I, so then I told a friend of mine, uh, you know, Tim Chapman, a friend of yours okay. too, you worked yeah. at, he's in network and he's like, yeah, we're retooling. Everything's, yeah, everything's going to go in network. Then I talked to more people in Orange County. They're thinking of changing over their licensure to in network or going in network. What this means, people, though, unless you're a treatment professional, you don't really know what we're talking about. Treatment is going to get more qualitative and less ass-kissy, right? That's what in-network means. You don't have to kiss ass. You come here. We don't get that much money for you being here. Right. And so we're going to treat. So I think treatment's going to get better if everyone, if the people own, who own the fancy rehabs are coming to me saying, let's do an in-network place. If people in Orange County are coming to me saying, let's do a new in-network place. This is not what people were talking about two years ago, Chuck. Oh no. Yeah. They were, they were great investments and it was a money-making opportunity. I think that's, that's great. I like the idea a lot. So, so that's really good news. If you're a treatment professional, you know that, you know, we cut, we compromise too much because of, there's so much money flying around in an in-network place. That, that's what I realized. And I thought about it all weekend. Me and Drew never had to compromise because we just tell people, fuck you, leave. We don't care. 
Mm-hmm. We're getting $810 a day for you to be in a fucking hospital. If you don't like what we're saying, leave. And Drew would discharge them. Like, they, they weren't saying they wanted to leave. They were just being assholes. Drew would just say, get them out of here. They don't want to be here and take up a bed somebody could really benefit from. Right. That's what in-network does. It lets clinicians and doctors and, and social workers and, and therapists do the right thing because money is not the main driver of well, it. Not only that, but it, it, almost, it almost ensures a steady flow because so, the insurance company sends you the yeah, clients. Yeah, so they're sending that. So it's like, you know what? You're being a dick. You're being non-compliant. You become toxic to the to the client community. You need to go, and then hopefully the next guy that takes his place will be there soon, and maybe they'll oh, have yeah. a better attitude. Oh, oh, you know, most treatment centers just so you know, on average, spend a hundred, two hundred thousand dollars a month on patient acquisition marketing, right? Whether it's internet marketing or pay to play or whatever you want to call it, right? I know you don't like talking about that stuff, so we won't get into it. But there is no marketing budget in an in-network rehab. You don't have to because Blue Cross tells you, go to this treatment center. It's right in your neighborhood. Right. You don't have to try to go chase clients. You don't have to go to court and try to get clients. You don't have to do interventions to get, try to get clients. <laughs> clients call you and go, hey, I'm really fucked up. Can I come in? Do you have a bed? I, right. And I forget, it, you know, I stopped working at Los Angeles in 2009, right? 2010, 10. And I forget how beautiful it was. I didn't have to worry. I'd come to work and there'd be three more clients. I didn't have to do anything. Right. There was three more clients. Since when I left at five o'clock yesterday, I didn't have to go to San Diego and meet a bunch of scumbags or go market meeting bullshit. I just had to go to work and do a good job at trying to help people right. realize th- the truth of their addiction and what to do about it and work with them to try to come up with a game plan that would best have them succeed at not drinking, not taking drugs. That was the whole focus, right? As soon as it goes, it went. It became what it became and what it is now that I think is going to change. Um, my worries were budgets and heads on beds and you know i i got that's why i got out of owning the rehab businesses when we would have a sense, we had three houses right when we had a census of 23 my f- partners evan and jerry would go this is great right and i go no because seven of these people are leaving by next friday then we have fucking f- 17 and then two more are leaving after that weekend that means we have 15 we can't even make payroll we need to get fucking nine, nine or 10 more clients. And that's what every treatment center in Los Angeles has been doing for seven years since Obamacare hit the market. Truth, right? Okay, yeah. And so when you are supposed to say, dude, I don't know what to tell you, then you should, you, you know, there, I, obviously we don't have a solution for you here. We should just get you packed up and you should move along. You can't do that. Cause then you got 14, right? Yeah. Or, or yeah. <laughs> think about that. And then you run. Well, the you risk. and I both have worked in rehabs that right. had 14 well, when had, they had 40 beds. I've had to what happened, Chuck? Because of it. <laughs> I've had to change jobs. I mean, I've had, to, I've had to go, you know what? This place isn't doing it. The place I'm at now, we've got a steady flow. We've got, we've, yeah. we've got that because you know, that's, 
the way you have to do it and you have to be willing to let I'm people not, go. I'm not trying to say I didn't do it. Dude, I wanted to learn the internet from 2014 to 2016. All I cared about was how does the internet work? How does this whole thing work? How do we outsmart promises and cliffside? How do we fucking figure this out? We need to figure <laughs> this fucking out. We need to hire the people that they work for them. We need to do whatever we can to understand how does promises elements get 106 clients a month. Okay, but then then you'd be working in a realm that you would hate so much. I ended up of, hating it. <laughs> of having, of having to, to totally kowtow and allow people to write their own uh, program and allow them to come up with their own treatment plans. You try to own. mix it up. You try to mix it up. I don't like kicking people out, honestly. Drew liked it more than I did. Drew would be like... <laughs> I, I doubt he liked it. He probably found it clinically necessary. Yeah, he found, well, whatever you call it. He was more comfortable with it, well, right? And so we would have like, we had this divide and conquer idea. He taught it to me, right? So if you got three bad eggs, pick one that you think will be the most effective at riding the ship. And he would assign me that job. And I'd be like, I'd be thinking about the different, like usually it was a boy, girl, and another guy, right? And I'd be like, you kick the girl out, the two guys- mm, We'll follow her. They'll, they'll follow her probably. <laughs> You yep. kick the boyfriend out, you know, because they're hooking up in treatment, right? If you kick the boyfriend out, it's probably the best bet. And then you see what happens. You know what I mean? I was constantly put in this situation where you got, you don't want to kick all three of them out, but you got to have this stop by tomorrow, right? And so you got to make decisions about who are you going to administratively discharge, right? Mm -hmm. And I would worry about this and ponder and think, oh my God, I don't want them to die and whatever. And so that's when I started falling back on the old tradition of, I need to find them a place that they can go to. So that, right. right? So, so I would say, dude, I would go to the guy before I'd leave work. I say, dude, I'm going to have to uh, transfer you tomorrow somewhere. And I was thinking, have you ever been to PRC or you ever been to Exodus or you ever been to promises? And they would say, uh, I've been to Promises, I like it there. And I'd be like, okay, so I'm going to have to transfer you there and we'll call Patricia and figure it out tomorrow. And they would go, right? And it wasn't Promises Malibu, it was Promises West LA, right? Okay. This is in the early 2000s. So, and I would be cool. I would say, you know, I can't have you guys like, you know, fucking in the rehab, come on now. Being a little disrespectful. Yeah. Right, and I would just discount, discharge the guy, and then a lot of times the girl would hook up with the other guy that was a troublemaker. That's why that boy was hanging out. He was waiting for the other one to go. I know. Is this what is the hookup thing in rehab? Why is it you know. so? No, I don't. I never really did it. Well, then, well, there we go again. You missed out because because <laughs> that's all you got. That's all you've got. They've taken everything else away. That except for coffee, smoking, and uh, sex. That's no, all that's I was left. so busy arguing about God all the time. I didn't even notice there were girls there. See, there you go. <laughs> you, wrong argument. Is it the wrong argument? <laughs> Is that not the place to have the argument? Is that the place to find a girlfriend? <laughs> that's absolutely. Mike, are you going to cut that out? God's way of keeping you clean. <laughs> oh, look at look at Mike Mark. <laughs> Mike that was Lombard. God's way of keeping me clean. Yeah. But, but so, so when you have the hookup stuff going on, cause it happens all the time. Right. Are the parents aware it happens all the time? I don't think they're nearly as aware as they, they should be. Cause that's never a question I get asked. Then I never get asked, 
is my kid hooking up? <laughs> I've never been asked that. <laughs> now that I think about it, have you ever been asked, is my son seeking? I've had, how about this? I've had moms tell me, um, I hate to say this, about their daughters, like, you've got to watch her. <laughs> <laughs> And I was just like, that's a mom that's totally in touch with her child. A little too right? much. So, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, this enmeshment, right? And I'm like, I don't need to know that. And so... so yeah, and, uh, and, and what a mess if she tells the wrong fucking person that and in, oh, in a bad rehab. I know. Well, that happened. Dude, I got to find out this rehab. You're going to have to help me off. A friend of my partners went to a rehab, ended up having a relationship with the owner and doing drugs with them. Fantastic. In Orange County, where would that be? Excellent. I'm going to find this guy, dude. Took two years to get her in to go to treatment. Took two years. Well, you, I, I can, yeah, I know, you know what I, I mean? I know a guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to find out the name of it. But uh, anyways, but so, so, there's, so there's really hope on the horizon. I'm talking about by, 2020, by 2020, there will be very few out-of-network rehabs in America. Well, I, you know, I keep hoping these places will will shoot themselves in the foot, you know, and, and they have been failing. They've been failing at, at phenomenal rates, and that makes me happy. Uh, there have been a lot of places that have been struggling and not been able to get back on their feet. You know Place what was sad for me? So when this gold rush of rehab money started with Obamacare and the Parity Act and it rolled out, 2010 was when I started noticing, like, Jesus, there's a lot of rehabs opening. You know, because everyone's calling me to open it. Want to open a rehab? I was like, dude, what are you opening a rehab for? I didn't even know you were sober. I know. Well, I, a friend of mine uh, named the rehab after his nephew and my son. They have the same name. I was like, dude, what? You're opening a rehab? It was like mind-blowing, right? Not that he's not a great guy, but, I mean, he's never worked in treatment, never done it. You know, his only experience in treatment was being a patient. <laughs> And he was just like, this is not that hard, right? Business opportunity. It's still in business, yeah. right? That rehab. No way. Yeah. So, so, um, so I started noticing like everybody wants to open a rehab and they won't, and they are opening rehabs all over the place, 2011, 2012, 2013. And I was like, this is madness, man. You know, a lot of these people never even been to treatment as patients. They've never worked in one, never been to treatment as one. So I knew, okay, something crazy is going on here. But in the, for the most part, more beds and more, more chances of people getting sober, great, right? Mm -hmm. Then came the compromising of treatment. Then came these, these kind of crazy uh, owner-operators that are kind of crazy narcissists and they're saying they're rehab moguls and they're... You know, they're big shots and you know what I mean? With cigars, smoking cigars and stuff. And I was like, what is happening to treatment that I've loved and worked in my whole life? You like, know, what the hell's going on? That's that's one thing. I, I really like my boss for that reason. Not only was he doing it when you had to have a job and work in rehab because there was no yeah. money in it like you. Yeah. But he's still there on grounds he still runs groups he's still a part of it at the roots level that makes me that much more comfortable with what i'm doing well i knew him when he had wavelengths in long beach with all the bikers then he moved to malibu and then back to orange county but let me tell you this funny story 
when I got my first good job working in treatment after working at mu- Music Hair, is it what a map? Mm-hmm. Um, I had been working part time at a pizza parlor, right? Millie's Pizza in Silver Lake, delivering pizza to all the hipster rock stars in did the Silver Lake you? Hills. No, they did not drug <laughs> test, but I was sober. Some of my co-drivers were not sober. I'm disappointed. So, so, and it was weird because I would deliver pizza to musicians I used to play music with, and they feel guilty, and they give me like twenty dollars tips. It was great. Nice. <laughs> like, but so then I'm getting this job, this supposedly this great counselor job. Once I got my KDAC and whatever, and Drew got me into Las Encinas, and I'm like getting this job, and actually the job was 40 hours a week. I was working like five nights a week, five hours a night, right? 25 hours a week at a pizza parlor. And I was actually taking a pay cut to work 40 hours a week at a hospital. Yeah. Literally less money than a pizza (laughs) delivery person. That's sad. But that's but, where I wanted to go. Drew said, you, 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 you apply yourself here and you'll, you'll do all right. Three years later, I was still making $19 an hour. $19 an hour. Pizza parlor people were still making the same amount of money I was making, running groups, uh, managing staff, right? So there was no money. It wasn't, people didn't get into the rehab business to make millions of dollars. You got into it because you had a home. Yeah, the reason why I got into Las Vegas, great healthcare, great work environment, you know, reason, you know, I could have a two bedroom house in South Pasadena with my girlfriend and live a life. You know, it was an extravagant life, but you could have a life and you felt proud of where you worked. Mm -hmm. That all changed. Right, well, yeah, it got dirty and it got greasy feeling. Well, it's going to get corrected by in-network treatment. I'm telling you. Good, good, because I mean, there, there are, there are some people, as you know, they're few and far between that are that are doing it right, and it's struggling because it's going against the grain and it's going against the business model. I mean, that's, you know, whenever your business model dictates your clinical model, you're you're headed for a wreck. It has to be the opposite, you know. And I've heard that from my boss directly is, you know, yeah. the clinical model has to direct, it has to be directing things. Otherwise we're doing no good. You know, it doesn't matter how many clients come through if none of them are getting it. And you know, we can argue numbers all night. I've heard so many different statistics, but what I do know is I see some success happening at least short term and short term success is enough to at least plant that seed so that if they leave, when they leave, if they get loaded again, they know what they know how to do it. That's what it took for me, and it took me bumping my heads. A bunch, I had to bump my head so many times before I got it. Let's go over the major bumping heads. So my first bumping head was, what's the problem with drinking, right? Well, that's so, a huge one So still. that was a huge one. So I was a heroin addict. That's why I was in this hospital. I don't understand this don't drink ever for the rest of your life. I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. I could see... If you said I shouldn't drink for a year, I could see where that would make sense. But it made no (laughs) sense that you can never drink again. So right away, I go in there for heroin. They're telling me I can never drink a beer the rest of my life. I'm like, come on. Are you fucking kidding me? 
So then you realize the more you argue, the more on the spot you are, and the more the attention is just on you. So the third or fourth or fifth or sixth time, you're never honest with them. But I really never could get over the fact like, really, even when me and Mike are fucking 75 years old sitting on the porch yelling, he used to always say, I want to get on a back porch somewhere when I'm 70 and say, kids, get off my lawn. That used to be Mike Mart's favorite saying. Anyways, so, so I, I could never think like I could never drink a beer again. So then once you wrestle with that for three or four or five years, Nowadays, I think the kids don't wrestle about alcohol. They wrestle about pot. They're going to wrestle with pot, pot for five alcohol, or six, four or five, six, seven, eight years. They're going to wrestle with it. Those are separate trips out. One is to go smoke weed. I never then, liked pot. And then another one, they, they go out and they drink. And you know what? My, my friend, Alicia, she had the best answer for that because she was, you know, she's a drinker. And she'd say, well, you know what? I never did heroin. I only drank. Is it okay that I do heroin now that I'm done drinking? I've never had a problem <laughs> with heroin before. And... That was a good answer, but I can't use that one, you know? No, but I just, I'm just being totally honest. I, I always had a problem with the God stuff, but mostly when it really came down to it, I mean, I, I had had problems with God stuff, with Reagan, with my family. I mean, there's, I just always <laughs> felt there's too much God <laughs> stuff in the world, right? If, if you're so happy about it, just keep it to yourself. So, so AA was nothing new or rehab was nothing new about the God stuff. I had been warring with God talk all for since I was 14. So really what it was is the drinking. You're saying I can never drink a beer the rest of my life. Right. I'm 27 years old. I'm a drug addict. I want to stop taking drugs, but now you've made it impossible. That's basically <laughs> it. Now you've made it absolutely impossible. And so I battled with that. Then I really realized about 93. In 1993, I moved to Richmond, Virginia. Wonderful friend of mine there gave me refuge. I, I wasn't great to, them, to her and it was just horrible. But the idea was, I'm going to go there. I'm never going to do drugs. I'm going to drink red wine. Right? How classy. It was not classy. <laughs> it was sloppy. It was, I ended up going to the hospital two times for all kinds what? of alcohol-related problems. Were you drinking fortified wine or? I was drinking four or five bottles a night. Good for you. And then I, that's when I had DTs in the Richmond Catholic Hospital. Unbelievable DTs. Like, like hallucinating that the Mother Mary was talking to me. I swear to God. Fucking, I fucking wine is so great, man. <laughs> There he is. Where'd Mike, he come from, Mike? Mike's the best fucking high ever. Mike can't. Just a bottle of fucking Where were red, you? red wine. Tell the thing about you wanting to be old and on the back porch telling kids to get off your lawn. What? You used to say that. I just want to get old and be on the back porch and tell kids to get off my lawn. No, you used to say that. or something. No, when you live with... <laughs> I can tell you Talk where to you told it you to know? me. I'm telling you, I, when you lived south of Melrose with... Laura Newman, right? <laughs> Used because Mike saw himself as a retired uh, country gentleman then. <laughs> oh, I, you had retired. You were retiring. Really, living in West Hollywood? <laughs> That's a weird place to be a country. A retired gentleman. country <laughs> gentleman <laughs> in West Hollywood. Is, is that a say, euphemism? That for was something? where the Persian guys came on the motorcycles that, and delivered the. Yeah, I saw Fabrice in, in France when I was just there. 
Fabrice is and Double great. B lived right down the street. Double B, I'm friends friend. with on Facebook. No, but but you don't ever remember saying I just want to have a house no, and tell know. kids to get off my lawn. I don't just you like you. Did. I don't remember half of the things I said. <laughs> Anyways, so 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 you know this idea that I can never drink was is really a hard hurdle, and I've got to think that when you're telling a 19 year old child. You can never smoke pot. You can never drink because you're a heroin addict. That is not going to work. I'm sorry. What we do cannot work. Right? So I tend to not talk about it. I say, well, I don't know if you're going to end up smoking pot or whatever you're going to do. But what you have to understand is eventually if you're not whole, you will fuck it up with that. If you're not whole, if you don't have some sort of balance in life, if you don't have a, a job or an, a work or something that you have a passion about, if you don't have hobbies and interests in the community, if you don't have love and family, you will not be able to drink very well. You will not be able to smoke pot very successfully. You just can't outsmart life, right? But I'm not telling them they can never drink or they'll do heroin again. You understand? That's what was told to me. Because I want to remove that resistance that cost me five years of my life, really. There's got to be a better way to help people understand it. But there are a lot of ways around that. And one of them is, well, that I, I try to say, you know, give, give yourself a year. See where you are. Because over that year, they're going to learn so much about who they are and what's going on. Okay, then add it, add, if they stay sober a year and they want to drink again, what do you say? That, that hasn't been a problem. That hasn't been something that I haven't had people coming back to me a year later and going. Oh, I've had half a dozen say, I stayed sober a year. I don't like AA. I can't stand listening to these people whine. Um, what next? Well, and first I say, of all, they should have found other meetings if they're, if they're not they, happy. I, anyway. I don't know what neither, meetings neither, you neither. go to where people don't whine. It's I'm a whine-a-thon. You, I'm telling you they exist. They either preach or whine. Oh, no. That, that's been my experience. I don't mind them preaching or whining. It's part of the whole system. You have to learn how to tolerate people whining because people whine every fucking where in our society, right? And you have to learn how to have uh, uh, tolerate people who are opinionated and want to force their religion or their beliefs on you because that's everywhere in our society. I have no problem with the 12-step world, but I have no idealization of it i'm not i don't idealize it people okay. whine at every meeting i've ever okay, been so to what? i've been to tens of thousands of meetings that's what alcoholics do they whine and complain that's what they do i'm doing it right now i'm hearing it loud and clear <laughs> so yeah. you want see that i just are you telling me that people don't whine and what, complain what, what, in 12 step meetings yeah, but that's so far from where we were where we were is someone was at a year sober and they, they, and they always, come up to you and say, I don't like AA. I feel like drinking. I would say, you know, I've been I, encouraging I'm not going to But wait, let me preamble. I'm encouraging them to try it for a year. And they do. Right. And they go regularly. And they don't drink. And they say, okay, it's been a year. I fucking hate this. Okay. Then what do you say? Another year? No. That, that, would, be, that would be ridiculous. I, I, I haven't had that situation. You have. I've... I don't know what I would say because that's, I can't imagine someone getting a year, if they lived a life, anything like I did, if they're using life, if they're. No, they haven't. They have not. If their life. You've got to stop making everybody have to live your life. I'm not. I'm not. The, most people, most millennials no, are, have never <laughs> lived our lives. But there's a reason they went into treatment. 
because the, their parents were mad at them a lot of times. Okay, they didn't have the money not, to afford their habit. But this is also what's sad is that they don't have, they probably, and people don't like to hear this, they probably don't have to stay sober for the rest of your, their life because they're probably not an addict or an alcoholic like I am. So these people that are going into treatment because it's a good idea or because they, ha they haven't gone through it yet, I don't know. They might be able to drink after a year. They might be able to drink after six months. They might have just had a That's problem with That's the most open-minded thing I've ever heard you say. I really believe that's true. I believe that, yes, I was going to end up going all the way. I have met thousands of young people now who've been in rehab, and that's where I've met them, that are not going to go all the way. They might die having not even gone <laughs> right. Right. a third of the way. You understand? Right. And I don't, that's why my whole mission is just don't die. I don't know if you're going to go all the way and end up like having some enlightenment and end up sober and be grateful about it. But, but this whole kind of world that we're forcing down their throats, I don't know if it's the right thing to do. I've been questioning it for five years now. I don't know that there shouldn't be some sort of, uh, kind of different approach for, kids that got into Vicodin and then ended up, you know, smoking heroin for a year. And then now they're going in and out of rehab. Well, you, you brought this up in, in full, a full picture of this, uh, you know, a, a few weeks ago where we were talking about how the whole face of addiction has changed. The people who are addicted, they're not, they're not just the oddballs they're not the misfits they're no not it's the all like type. normal people it's, it's it's all sorts of people who who don't fit that mold of i don't i've gotten past trying to fit everybody in mind i had to get past putting people into my mold with my kids that's where i first learned that i can't put my disease on people i can't and when i'm not putting my disease on people i have to allow them I want them to have the opportunity to experience sobriety. If sobriety is that horrible and they still think it'll work, then they have to try it. And, but, and but it, a shouldn't lot be of them, a, it shouldn't be in a condescending way. No, I just think, I hope they don't have to go. If, if, the, if all they see in the 12-step world is whining and, and, and unsolicited advice, I see also a lot of beauty right? It's never talked about because the beauty isn't definable, right? So whining is a big complaint. People do not like to listen to other people complain. They don't. But they like to complain. Right. That's the thing. That's one of those things where I've been told that for so long that not we're going to love you till you can love yourself because you love yourself plenty. We'll love you till you can love someone else. And that's, that's the difference. That's the message that's not getting around. And, it, but it, that's pervasive through our whole of our society. Uh, Mike and I were talking about this. Yes, earlier it about, is. That's uh, my point is people complain everywhere I go. They complain on the airplanes. They complain everywhere all the time. And it's uh, hate and it's hate filled and it's nasty. And there's I no, get, how about you see all the things I, it was Sydney's birthday yesterday. I posted a bunch of stuff about, I always post things about her. She's a little kid. It's fun. It lightens up people. There was comments back to me. Enough of your cute kids, right? What the, who the fuck would do that? But an asshole. Uh, yeah. No, it's, right. Yeah. Guess what? Guess what organization both those people that said basically that same sentiment were in. 
Uh, that one we're talking about. <laughs> and I thought, geez, they just think they can give their opinion anytime they want. If you don't like it, dilly, unfriend me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Unfriend me. If you don't like looking at cute kids, unfriend me. Anybody who's listening to this, if you don't, if you don't like kind of funny anti-Trump stuff or cute kid pictures, unfriend me because that's all I post. <laughs> right? I don't post like the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I can't because I, I, I. I like watching the devolution of of a conversation. It starts off. It happened happened with Mart's page the other day. There was something that was it was it was clever. Mike it, is very political. Was, you it notice was, that it was clever and it was cute and it was a, a photograph that ended up where people are tearing each other apart. Neither right, neither wrong, but this pigeon trying but, to but stick politics, people in the corner. And politics angry. make for it's always made for escalated kind of that kind of stuff. But cute pictures of a one year old baby yeah, well, inspire enough people to say enough, enough, enough cute enough baby of the, enough of the in cute your kids. cute family. Yeah, you know, it's usually people that don't have kids, right? <laughs> no, 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 it's not funny. They, they, they don't have kids. They don't have kids. Even they don't if know you what don't it's have like. Kids, you well, like you know a cute that kid goes right picture, back to, don't you? You know what? That's the same as change a channel. You don't like what's on the TV, change a channel. You don't like what, what Bob's posting. You don't like what Mike's posting. Unfriend, unfollow, Mike. Blo- whatever. I'll tell you one thing about Mike's post. Sometimes it makes even my jaw drop. And I say some <laughs> crazy shit. And Michael just like blasts in there with like some some very political stuff, Michael Mark. Well, you know, not any more than anybody else. And, you know, everybody can have a say on the Facebooks. As <laughs> on, Chuck, on Facebook. As Chuck says. On Facebook, on the internet. The, the Facebooks on the internet. The WWF? The WWF? What? No, the WWW? No. I got on Chuck about calling I know, it Facebooks. Facebooks. Yeah. I, no, I've changed I my ways, I think. It was fun. But, I mean, I like, I like, I got to admit, I like hearing people that share the same values as me as to how they're responding to all this. I'm not really, I don't really want to know like, oh, these details of what the Reagan administration did. I don't really care. But the good news for everybody out there is rehab is a changing. <laughs> it is. Change is going to come and it's going to go back to the basics it's going to go back to rationality it's all the millions of dollars of profit in it are going to be much harder to come by that's going to all fall away and you're going to be able to trust most treatment centers but until then you can only trust what you know trust who you know um and don't trust the internet that's basically it because the internet is rigged it's people are paying for you so right now i'm going to do it i do it all the time chuck do you want to know what should we Google? Let's Google uh, heroin help Orange County. Let's just see what pops up. What do you think will pop up? Mm. You know, there, there are several sponsors. Two call centers. Okay, number one drug and alcohol rehab is a call center. Um, is Charlie Street on there? No, no, because they, uh, they don't do heroin. No, they don't pay. So they don't do heroin either. House recovery must be paying for the most. Whatever is house. Never you heard ever of heard of this? Never heard of it. House recovery center. So they're paying a lot of money to pop up first. Uh, let's see if they're not even in Orange County. <laughs> 
And they showed up in an Orange County search. Uh, That's great. We take full advantage of our scenic Orange County, California location, but it doesn't say exactly where it is. It's uh, amid California scenery. So this is a website for a rehab. It shows people surfing. Mm-hmm. There's a surf video. Paint, uh, paintballing. Put a, yeah. Put addiction behind you with support from a program built for men by men. Ooh. Ooh. I don't even, that's like a secret code. Individual and group addiction therapy, unique focus on men's recovery needs, fitness and recreation amid California scenery, yoga and mindfulness training, and experience approachable staff. What does that mean, approachable? Means you mean they you can, don't spook easily? You can talk to them? <laughs> They're not the kind of staff that runs off when you walk So, up. and here's, here's the funny thing. So, Do you think that's targeting gay men? <laughs> no, I'm just I'm I asking honestly. Is. I think it is. I, I, I mean, why don't they just come out and say gay rehab? <laughs> It'd be great. That would be awesome. <laughs> like, I love Mike Mark. If, if people don't understand, like that was just the most honest just <laughs> loving open like why don't they just say it doesn't make any sense because just they say it it's... because they don't want to heter- they don't want to alienate heterosexual market obviously either they're paying god knows how much for this ad right? i don't know i think heterosexual males are the only people you so can. far no rehab i know this is the seventh eighth one <laughs> detox do you know this place no okay and neither do i that looks pretty standard they Pat Moore Foundation, which is closed. Why yeah. is that popping up? Uh, is that the one on Newport Boulevard? I guess, yeah. And then directions for women, stones. Okay, we know those. UA House in Santa Ana. Fruit Street. Another call center. Another call center. So far, not one rehab I would recommend has popped up. <laughs> I'm on page two. That's amazing. You got to admit that's amazing. So you can't trust the internet. Even if you know what county you're asking. Look at this dude right there. Is that where you want your kid to go to rehab? No, absolutely. Look, it's they've, a BMW, got, they've got fast cars. They've got a BMW in the driveway. Oh, no, it's a Mustang. You're right. Yeah, they got fast cars and, and big muscles. And muscles. And that's what recovery is. <laughs> muscles and fast cars? Steroids. And fast cars. Okay, so what happens if you type in fentanyl? Okay, let's detox. Do that. Okay, that's a good one. Fentanyl, fentanyl detox. Let's do that. Okay, I would well. be playing, but I don't have inter- internets. Opiate. Here's to call centers. Call centers are always first. This is probably back east. This call center. Oh, the Wassman method. What's that? A friend of mine went to that. That's where they put you under, I think, or a fast detox. They put rapid, you to sleep. Oh, rapid detox. No, yeah. they do like a. They do like a. Yeah, they detox you painlessly in like a like a seventy two hour period or something. Okay, American Addiction Centers has got the corner on the fentanyl thing because their call center pops up and their rehab pops up. The two of the first four. So American Addiction Centers, which spends over a million dollars a month on optimization internet stuff. So then another call center. Solutions Recovery in Costa Mesa. Do you know this place? No. Okay. Addiction Center, Painkillers. Another. That's a call center. Retreats. What's that? Let's click on that. Retreats. We're different. (laughs) That's their their slogan. All right. Their slogan is we're different. Different. We're different how? 
Wow, well, this that is used crazy. To, that used We're to work. different, but it doesn't say how they're different. And then it says um, a book. They're going to give you a free ebook, How to Overcome Addiction Forever. A free book. Wow. All you have to do is click on a, what is fentanyl? People who are addicted to fentanyl know what fentanyl is. Oh. Don't they? I wonder how much that costs to print. <laughs> it's an ebook. Yep. Signs and symptoms of fentanyl use in a loved one. They're dead. They're dead. You're going to their funeral. <laughs> their eyes are closed at the dinner table. <laughs> Can people hide fentanyl addiction? I would doubt it. You know what, Mike? Okay, wait. You're going to love this. Guess what we're different means? Read that sentence. Non 12 steps. America's non 12 step program. Well, that's that's a huge that's a huge marketing technique right now because of the dislike of twelve step. You know, and and I I'm not trying to shame this one individual thing. This is how the game is played. The internet, you search anything, fentanyl, heroin, yeah. rehab, whatever. You're being sold to the highest bidder. That's all there is to it, America. Don't trust the internet. The first numbers that come up are not rehab centers; they're call centers that treat it like you're buying. A a, 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 a a what are those things where down in Mexico where you, you own part of it? A, a timeshare. It's like a timeshare. That's what they a ceramic have. hamburger at no, the border. No, yes, no, they have they have chihuahua painting. They have call centers that just have volumes of people. They could be selling Zappos shoes or or rehabs or timeshares. It doesn't matter to them. They're not experts in addiction. They're just call centers. Because there's millions of dollars to be made off of you clicking on their phone number. So please, America, ask your general practitioner. Ask your family friend who's sober. Ask a, an, you heard a cousin got sober back east. Call him and say, hey, our kid's on heroin or on fentanyl. What should we do? Don't trust the internet. And that's your public service announcement from the people that don't die. I, I like that uh, a right? lot. I like that That's a lot. That's the truth. And we'll do it every you know, every once in a while. We're just going to Google. Let's Google one last thing. Uh, Chuck, say what we should Google. I'm afraid of Google because I read the Bowie quote. Okay. That Martin tell, posted. Tell, tell me, tell me, what do, just rehab, to, to, I'm going to put in rehab for my 19-year-old. Wow, nice. Right? Is that a good one? Right. Because you're thinking that's a pretty safe bet old heroin addict let's say heroin addict right because rehab comes up with all sorts of different things okay here we go call center um heroin success stories heroin detox that's just a con to get you to click on it and it's a call center they'll screen you another call center the first two are call centers first three are call centers uh the third call center i like is called recovery oh Recovery. Not, not They're recovery. gonna aid themselves to a ninety-five hundred dollar placement fee from you clicking on their website. Cliffside Malibu Fourth. All Click, right. Uh, search for Easy Rehab. Like, like Easy, e, like Easy e, e and Z. Easy. <laughs> yeah, like a rehab. like a hotel, like a motel. Okay, here we go. Search it. Easy Rehab. Uh, Drug and Alcohol Treatment Centers of America. <laughs> uh, AddictionRecoveryNow.net uh move forward in recovery these are all three call centers rehab for drugs creative care that is a dual diagnosis in malibu fourth one okay right um create thera x rehabilitation center in pasadena 
There's one actually called X on yeah, on X. on Molino Street. Um, wow, wow, what a world we're living in. So people, you're listening to two people that between the two of us, we've worked in rehab for 35 years. Do not find drug treatment by Googling things. Find drug treatment by talking to a human being. All right? So we'll see you next time. This is Bob and Chuck saying goodbye, goodbye. Don't, and don't die. Hey, this is Bob, and you can get a hold of Aloe Treatment Centers at 888-595-0235. That's Aloe Treatment Centers in Malibu and Silver Lake, 888-595-0235. Tell them Bob told you to call.